All right, good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Grease the Wheels, your weekly technician podcast brought to you by your Uncle Jimmy, straight from the rock and roll garage. Hey, I wanted to uh, send out a congratulations and a job well done to all you Grease the Wheelers out there in Grease the Wheels Nation. Listen, I uh, tried to drive to work the other day, and there was about a million fucking cars in my way, and I thought to myself, well, probably each and every one of those cars at one point in time was broken, and somebody like you came along and made them work, and now I'm late for work, so thank you very much. No, I kid, but I know you're out there doing a fabulous job keeping America rocking and rolling. Keep it up, and I'm going to try to help you keep it up. One of the things I want to talk to you today about is the free stuff. And uh, I haven't really ever addressed this before, uh, maybe a little bit in some of the other podcasts, but I, I want to admonish you. I wanted to tell you and have you hear me say to you this, okay? Don't do free car repairs. Do not do it. You, as a technician, have gone to school in many cases. Some, some of you haven't. Some of you are naturally talented at this. I'm not. Uh, I went to school. Some of us have gone to school and have myriad of hours of extra training to repair the cars that we repair, to learn the techniques that we have learned. And so what I want you to do is earn the money for doing it. Now, let me just give you a little disclaimer right now. Uh, This is going to be an angry podcast. So if you don't like angry language with uh, peppered, with uh, multitudes of four-letter words and insults and that sort of thing, you might want to just turn this podcast off right now. And uh, if you're a service manager and or a service advisor and you're one of those limp-wristed people who doesn't like to be contradicted or like to be told what to do, you may not want to listen to this either because most of these terms are going to be directed at you because you're fucking responsible for trying to get us to do shit for free. And you need to fucking stop, okay? And you know what? Seriously, if you're a service advisor or a service manager, you should listen to this podcast anyway because now you're going to get an idea of some of the things that you do and how they're wrong and bad and how they affect your technicians. And this is also the reason why a lot of us grease the wheels and leave your fucking place, okay? You've had, I know all of you that are service advisors and service managers have had employees leave for one reason or the other. Uh, A lot of times they don't even bother to tell you the real reason they left, they just leave. And if they do bother to tell you the reason that they left, they don't tell you all the reasons that they left. They give you a couple, realize you're not listening, like always, and then just fucking leave anyway. And you're none the wiser for why they're leaving. And one of the reasons that technicians will leave, and this affects mostly technicians who are flat rate, okay? If you are hourly and or paid salary, then doing stuff for free is not something that really happens, okay? You're there, you're paid to be there for an hour, whatever it is, 10, 12, $15 an hour, it's usually ridiculously low. And they say, hey, do you, hey, you know, do this to this car, boom, you're their employee, you're paid hourly, you just do it. I'm talking mostly about flat rate technicians. Now, a lot of shops in the United States, uh, where I'm at anyway, have technicians paid on a flat rate system. And it's because for the dealership, For the dealership, it is a win-win situation. It is win-win. If there's lots of work and the technicians know there's lots of work, they do it as quickly as they can to try to earn the maximum amount of money. Consequently, they earn the dealership also. And I say dealership because a lot of independents, a lot of independents really can't pay you a flat rate. Some do, I'm sure, somewhere. But again, it's a win-win for them. 
But in this particular case, I'm talking about dealerships and how it's a win-win for them because if there's a lot of work and you're good at it and you're flat rate and you make a lot of money, you're making your dealership triple, probably quadruple uh, the amount of money that you make, okay? So the dealership wins. If there's lots of work and you do it quickly, they win. They win big. But if there's no work and you earn nothing, and it doesn't cost them anything. See, unless of course you have a guarantee and even that usually typically is so low that it's not worth it for you to hit that guarantee because you just can't even afford to live on how low some of these guarantees are. But if you are flat rate, if you're paid on a production kind of a scale, and it can be different in other places in the world, then when your management or your service advisor or whoever it is that writes work for you asks you to do something for free, you need to look them straight in the eye and say, no, fuck you, pay me. This is a big problem. And you would think, well, why is it a big problem, Uncle Jimmy? People need to pay you to work on their cars. Yes, you are absolutely 1,000% correct. They need to pay you to work on the cars. And yet every once in a while, they try to sneak one in on you and have you look at it for free and they don't want to charge a customer, and they don't even want to write an RO. They don't even want to write a repair order, and that's usually the hallmark of something getting done for free. And you, as a technician, have to stop them in their tracks, stop them dead, and tell them, no, you have to create an RO so that I can get paid. Oh, can't you just scan it and tell me what's wrong with it? No, uh, because we call that diagnosis, and somebody has to fucking pay. And I, I'm telling you, it gets me very angry when people try to get me to do stuff for them for free because there is not one motherfucking person out there, not one company out there, not one entity in the world out there doing anything for me for fucking free. It is not happening. I don't go to the grocery store. This is the equivalent, okay, of you working for free. You go to the grocery store and you're buying 11 items, but you see a candy bar you want in the checkout line and you say to the cashier, hey, you know what, I'm buying 11 items. I'm just gonna take this one for free. You know what they're going to do? They're going to go to get a guy with a gun and a badge. And they're going to come over and they're going to say, listen, either you need to get the fuck out of here or you need to pay for that. Okay, you're not getting anything for free. You don't go into the goddamn dentist office and tell them to fill a cavity for you for free because you had a cleaning done six months ago. It's not going to happen. Your dentist is going to go, hey, go, hey, pal, fuck you. Doctor, same thing. They're not going to perform any kind of surgery on you or even any kind of examination or any kind of work on you. They're not going to look at you for free. It's not going to happen. You does nowhere in the world where people roll in, I mean nowhere, where people roll in and get anything for free. Why is it that people think that they can roll into a car dealership and get shit for free? I don't I don't get it. And why does why does a service advisor for that matter feel that you as a flat rate technician should look at something for free? It should not happen. It should not ever happen. Okay? I spent a lot of time and energy and money getting the skills I needed to do this job so I could be a volunteer? Fuck that. There's really only one place that I've found where you can roll in and get stuff for free, and that's called the Open Door Mission. And if you roll in there, they'll give you a bowl of soup and they won't charge you for it. And if you give your labor away for free as a technician, you're gonna know exactly where the Open Door Mission is because you're gonna need to go there. So I'm I'm admonishing you, I'm, I'm begging you not to work for free. Now look, uh, every once in a while, you know, if you have an advisor or maybe more than one advisor who writes work for you and they got, they're in a pinch 
for some reason something happened and they need you to just scan a car or look at it, look at a tire maybe, or maybe check the AC or or maybe it's not running right. They need you to just kind of look at it and give them an idea of what the customer's looking at. But they don't want to write an RO. If they sell you a lot of work, if they get you all the hours you ask for, if they if they do a really good job for you, I would say go ahead and do that, okay? You need to be a little bit flexible. You need to be a team player at times, and at times you do need to actually, I know I'm contradicting myself completely, and I apologize for that, but there are times where you need to help people out. But that should be your decision, not somebody else's. Somebody should not come up to you with a car and just say, hey, I need you to scan this car for me. I don't have an RO. It's like, no. Eat shit and die. Give me a fucking RO. I actually had, uh, recently there was an incident where I, an advisor wanted me to look at a car for free. It was a Monday morning. I rolled in and there was already a car there with its flashers on, which means that it's a waiter, which means the customer is in the building waiting for us to do something to his car. And he wanted that car to just be scanned. You know, just scan it and tell me what the faults are. But he didn't want to write an RO. He didn't want to have to write a repair order for the car. And what that means in uh, flat rate speak is that he didn't want to pay me to look at the car. And I well, became extremely indignant. And I went up front and said, hey, I need an RO. Can't you just scan it and tell me what's wrong with it? Yeah, that's called diagnosis. And guess what? No, I can't do that for free, dumbass. Write me an RO. You know, and in this particular case, it was in a very rare case. I actually went and talked to the customer. I don't do that very often. And uh, he was in a waiting lounge and it was early because I get to work really early, which nobody else in my building does. And uh, I talked to him and, and it became apparent after talking to him that what was going to happen was he was going to find out what faults were in the car and for free, by the way. And then he was going to go home and fix the car himself at his house himself he was going to fix it so not only was i not going to get paid the dealership also was not going to get paid and we have you know thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of equipment and we have a million dollar facility and somebody needs to pay for that and guess who guess who's supposed to pay for that the customers in little short bursts of money that we get for doing services for them okay so but in this particular case this service advisor who didn't want to write an RO and just wanted to know what faults were in the car, decided that he was going to thwart that whole process, pay nobody anything and tell this guy what was wrong with his car so he can go home and fix it himself and pay us nothing. And the reason I'm going off on this is because what ended up happening is that I forced them, I made quite a scene out of it too, I might add, but I, I forced them to make an RO so that I at least could get paid or at least there would be some sort of attempt official attempt to get paid and then I scanned the car and I found that it had a broken charge air tube now the customer had already stated to me that he was probably going to go with some sort of aftermarket charge air tube because I talked to him again after I figured out what was wrong with it then in a total 180 degree twist of fate we found out that he had some sort of a warranty on the car Uh, I don't even know what kind doesn't really matter to me but because he had a warranty we got paid for diagnosis and we got paid for labor and we also got paid for the part and i put the part on his car it fixed it we cleared the faults we gave it back to him and we got paid the dealership got paid i got paid the customer got his car fixed everyone was happy and 
probably the service advisor himself should be happy as well because it goes towards his gross profit made. So here's one of the reasons why you don't wanna do something for free because somebody, even if it's not the customer, somebody needs to pay. Somebody needs to pay you for Christ's sakes. You're the one who spent all those years eating ramen noodles going to trade school to learn how to fix cars. You're the one who goes to training and has you know, kept up with the brand that you're working on if you're at a dealership. If you're at a, a independent, you have to know piles of things that nobody else needs to know just to work there because there's so many different cars, different types of cars coming in. So make sure you get fucking paid. Now, one of the other things that goes hand in hand with getting paid is that sometimes customers don't wanna pay. And so they will try to manipulate you into doing repairs for them, either for free or having the dealership pay for those repairs, even though they shouldn't. And this is another thing that irks the shit out of me, okay? Because as somebody who works for a company, obviously I'm fairly concerned with their reputation because that is also my reputation. I'm also fairly concerned with how financially stable that particular company is. Now the company I work for now, they do a really good job in a lot of different phases, but there's some other phases where they're they're not keeping up. And this is just true with every company. It's not just them. They didn't invent this. They're good at some things. They're terrible at some other things. Some employees are good at some things and terrible at other things. And probably more than likely, it is just a one or two employees who are not pulling their weight, not doing their job correctly. But one of the things that happens is, is that people like to come in and claim that something worked on their car before we got our hands on it and now it doesn't work. And this is an attempt by a customer to get some sort of repairs for free. And what it comes down to is how much of a backbone does your service advisor or your service advisors and or your service manager have? Because a lot of these claims, I would say probably 50% fairly accurate uh, estimate, about 50% of these claims that things worked uh, when they came in and now they don't work are probably bogus. Now, I recently had a car. It was a, a Z4 BMW, and uh, it came in to the dealership on a tow truck, on a flatbed, actually. And the customer stated that when it showed up to the dealership, the convertible top actually, in fact, worked, which is total bullshit. I've worked on these cars for years, and I know that the convertible top not only did it not fail at our shop, it has failed many, many, many years ago. And so having your car at our shop and then claiming that the convertible top worked before it got there when it in fact was dropped off by a flatbed is such an enormous and god awful chunk of bullshit to swallow that I wanted to go tell this guy to go fuck himself personally which I definitely do not need to do because I'm pretty sure that they would fire me if I did that. But this guy deserved that in a, in a fashion. Uh, he needed to be beaten up is what he needed. He needed to actually have his ass beaten for coming up with that bullshit. Do these things have a problem with those convertible top motors? They live in a little plastic well that gets, it has a drain. It's supposed to, the water's supposed to drain out of it, but the drain gets plugged up with leaves and shit, which all cars do, and it fills up with water, and the motor resembles something that would have been brought up from the bottom of the ocean floor off the Titanic, and it's not going to work. It's not going to raise the top. It's not going to lower the top. It's not going to do anything, and in matter, as a matter of fact, why it doesn't blow a fuse is beyond me, but it didn't. It had power going to it. 
It had power going to it both ways because you work it one way and then you work it the other way, switching the polarity to have it do the opposite of what it did before. And I know that this didn't fail at our shop because number one, I didn't even make any attempt to lower the top. I wasn't doing anything even remotely close to working on the top that had anything to do with working on the convertible top. So here's a here's an instance where the customer was trying to get you to do, trying to get us as a company to do something for them for free. And it wasn't going to happen. Uh, basically gave him the finger. <laughs> uh, but this happens a lot, I think. Uh, and I've run into situations where people say, oh, this worked before I got here. If it's related to a system that I repaired, I really don't have too much trouble believing that some system failed because of some other system. And me going in and messing around with that system and repairing that one system caused the other system to fail. I, I get it. I have a pretty good idea that, yeah, maybe something I did did cause that problem. And I will look at that. But I still honestly expect to get paid for that because that's like a casualty of war. That's like collateral damage, okay? If I'm fixing one thing and I wreck something else, well, that's just the way it fucking works. One of the other problems with working on something for free is that it's like a well. And if you let your advisor, if you let your service manager go to the well and push you around and have you do things for free, he's going to do it more and more often. But if you stand up to them, if you behave as if you have a sort of a backbone and that you can't be pushed around and you're confident in the repairs that you make, which I definitely am, you eliminate the chance that somebody's going to try to get you to do something for free. Now, like I said, I made kind of a scene when it happened to me a couple of weeks ago. And so all of the, and, and believe me, all of the advisors were there and heard this. They now know that if they want me to do something for them for free, that I'm not their fucking guy. So they have to find somebody else. There's that too. <clears throat> One of the things that you want to do is check. If you have a way, you need to go through and check to make sure that you're getting paid for some of these ROs. Because sometimes you work for free and you don't even know it. Because unless you pay attention to every single RO and how much money you're supposed to make on every single RO, there's no way to know if you worked for free or not. Now, in the system that we have where I work, it's, it's pretty god-awful. It's a, it's a horrible, overwrought, intricate, complicated uh, setup that was thought up by some genius fucking developer somewhere. And uh, it has been, the program was written uh, to benefit people in the accounting department, people who like to analyze data. We've talked about this before a couple of times. The system that we use to uh, run time on ROs and write job stories and to make estimates and to fill out our uh, MPI forms for maintenance items, th that is like an ancillary part of it. It is not the main purpose for it. It is not the killer app on this particular version of software. It is more or less a oh by the way thing and it doesn't work for shit. But the one thing that it does do is if you, and if you can figure this out, is it allows you to go back and look at all of the repair orders that you have run time on and worked on. And it also allows you to go back and see a fucking hell of a lot of zeros where you got paid nothing. You get paid nothing for looking at these cars. Now, I get angry when I see zeros because that means that's what I'm gonna get paid is zero. And it is not uncommon for me to roll through a list of ROs that I made and see 
uh, maybe an hour here and then four, five, six lines of zeros and then a half an hour and then four or five more lines of zeros. And I will actually go through, let's say 10, 20 or maybe even 30 arrows and I will see, and this is not a lie, I'll see 150 lines and I got paid on probably 20 of them and the rest of them are just all zeros. And this is going to be an enormous problem. This is going to be an enormous problem for my boss because I'm tired of seeing this, okay? If they write four or five or six lines on an RO, and then granted, two of them are gonna be lines that I'm never gonna get paid for. I'm never gonna get paid for the alternate transportation lines because I'm not lending them my fucking car, so there's no reason for me to get any time or any money for that. They're not my cars. Why they have to put on the RO is beyond me. It probably has something to do with the accounting department because they wanna know if the car I'm working on, if the owner is in a loaner car. Oh, because they'll go through and they'll calculate that the guy put 6.2 miles on it and then that every year, 1,600 vehicles get 6.82 miles. And you know, the analytics are just mind numbing and some jerk off with a slide rule is fucking sitting somewhere going, oh, that's too high, you know? And, and how the fuck does he even know? He doesn't know shit, you know? Anyway, yeah, we uh, we already did the podcast on how accountants suck dick, so <laughs> I I don't need to go into that anymore. But one of the problems that I have is that we look at every car and we do the multi-point inspection. And we, at the place I work at, never get paid for doing that. And yet, in philosophically, from a big, big, big picture point of view, Okay, that is the single solitary reason for the service department to exist. Yes, we are supposed to fix the cars, but people bring us cars when they are broken. People bring us cars when they need maintenance, but we are in charge of looking at those cars, whether they're broken or they're just here for maintenance. We're in charge of looking at all of them and kind of giving somebody somewhere who might even remotely pay attention, an indication as to whether or not that car continues to operate the way it's supposed to, or if certain parts of that car need attention. This honestly is probably the most important thing that we do, is we let you know that, hey, you know what? You're here for an oil change, but your tires are all bald with cords hanging out, and if you drive it at 80 miles an hour down the highway, you're probably gonna end up as a corpse. So we would like for you not to end up as a corpse because in reality, we sort of like our customers, ones that pay anyway, and we don't want you to die. We don't want you to die. We wanna continue to get money from you. No, we just honestly, sincerely, we don't want you to die. And that is the main, the absolute 100% main reason for us to be there in the building is to look at your car and to make sure that it's safe. And for our company and any company in the country or in the, on the planet anywhere, to not pay you to look at the vehicle, not pay you for filling out the multi-point inspection, for not paying you to look at the tires and the brakes, for not paying you for that, is just 100% wrong. They're counting on your expertise, your ability to, to examine and to uh, evaluate components of a vehicle. They need to pay you. You 
should get paid. And I'm the worst offender. I do these inspections all the time and I never get paid for them. I get zeros. I have nothing but fucking zeros on all of these ROs where it says complimentary inspection. You go, well, yeah, okay, it's great for you to offer that to the customer as a complimentary inspection, but I don't feel like I need to offer it to you as a complimentary inspection because you are relying on my skill, my training, my experience, and all of the fucking knowledge that I have acquired over the years to make sure that this person's car is looking, is, is in good condition, is in proper working order. And if you're not gonna pay me, guess what? I'm gonna do the shittiest job possible. I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking shortchange this job because you're not paying for it. I know I I work with technicians all day long who don't even bother to look at the car. They don't set the tire pressures. They don't do any of that shit. Do you know why? Because they don't get paid. That's why. And they just go through and they they check all the stuff is green even if it's not. And the best. The best is when some service advisor comes rolling back and says, whoa, geez, this this tire's bald. Why didn't you check it off on your checklist? I go, geez, whoa, that tire's bald. Why the fuck don't I get paid to fill out the checklist? There's your fucking answer, asshole. You pay me to do nothing? Guess what? You're getting exactly what you pay for. Nothing. Suck my dick, bitch. I think I should be paid at least two-tenths. And also, too, if I find something wrong with the car, I should get paid more for that inspection. Yeah, I think I should. Because guess what? That is going to incentivize me. It's going to inspire me to find more things wrong with the car. Now, obviously, if I got paid a tenth more for finding something wrong with the car, that's not that much. And I don't think it's impractical. I wouldn't pay a tenth for everything I found wrong with the car. No, I wouldn't do that. Not at all. That would just lead to... uh, that would lead to uh, people looking at a car over and finding everything wrong with it. You know, you can't do that to technicians. You can't dangle that carrot in front of us, you know? But hey, you know what? If you look a car over and you look it over really well and you find that, you know, it needs, who even fucking knows? A windshield or air filter or spark plugs or tires or brakes or exhaust work or maybe the oil pan leaks or whatever, shoot me an extra tenth, 0.1 hours. It costs you literally almost nothing, and it makes me feel like I'm worth something, and it makes it worth my while to attempt to do it. Now, the other part of that is that do they sell it? Okay, well, uh, the service advisors that I have don't seem to be all that great at selling stuff. Oh, maybe they think they are, but I, in my opinion, they're not, okay? Now, will they get there? I think, honestly, they will probably get there. there a lot of them are fairly new, and some of them are got a lot to do on top of selling, which is wrong. These are some of the tasks, some of the tasks that they do are not something that they should be doing or something that somebody else should be dedicated to doing so that they don't have to do it, so that they can spend more time trying to sell, upsell services and repairs to people who desperately need them in a lot of cases. But what you have fostered uh, with most of the technicians in my shop with your, the fact that you're not gonna pay for this multi-point inspection is you have fostered the fact that they're just not gonna do it. They go through and they have to fill out the checklist but it's usually just a line right through it. They just check it all off as good. You know, check all green is what it comes up. And, you, and that's what you get. Okay, so you're getting what you pay for. So if you're a service manager and, and, and a service advisor or, or somebody who, who is in charge of something like this, maybe you need to pull your head out of your ass and figure it out. Technicians come to work to get paid. If you're not going to pay them, they're not going to do it. 
That's that's it. It's as simple as it is. I don't care where you are on the planet, you know? All right. So uh, what have we learned today? Well, we've learned that people, everybody wants something for free, including us. And nobody wants to give it to them for free, including us. And uh, we're not going to give anybody anything for free because nobody's giving us anything for free. So figure it out. If you want us to do something for you, you're going to have to pay us. End of sentence. Now, that's enough of me. I've ranted long enough here. Uh, This is a subject that gets me fired up because you guys, you guys are out there doing a great job. I mean, seriously, everybody out there is doing a great job. So, yeah, sure. Sometimes we mess up and, and... why is it that the service managers always seem to remember everything that went wrong and never everything that went right? You know, you could fix a thousand cars a year. Probably some of us fix more than that a year correctly, properly. They're all good. They run, they work, they're fine. But you mess up one car, maybe something, one component went wrong or something else happened and they want to blame you. And that's all they remember. That's all they remember. And then she go in and it's time to talk about a raise. And they're like, well, remember that one car you fucked up? I go, yeah, well, do you remember the 1,200 others that I fixed properly? Well, no, I don't. Well, guess what? Then I don't remember your fucking problem. Look, that's enough. <laughs> I said it I said it once already, too. And, and then I went on some more. I'm sorry. I apologize. I just can't get enough of this particular subject, okay? But uh, anyway, that's enough about working for free. Uh, I'm your Uncle Jimmy. I'm going to sign off now. And I usually do that by saying so that is it for this week's episode of grease the wheels hey make sure you keep those good reviews coming over there on itunes keep sharing it with your friends on facebook and twitter and reddit if there's any social media that we're not on that you're on let us know we will gladly set up another tribe of the grease the wheels nation on there and uh, with your help we can grow this thing even more so i got a little bit of a mea culpa right now uh turns out the toolbox magnets that i ordered Uh, had designed and ordered. I didn't actually order them. I just proofed them and I actually had to click another button to order them, but they are coming actually at the beginning of next week. So they should be out to you. Patreon subscribers towards the end of the week next week. Sorry about that folks. That's my bad. Speaking of Patreon, if you want to help us keep the lights on and get an awesome toolbox magnet that shows that you are a proud member of the Grease the Wheels Nation, and all the tiers from Lube Tech all the way up to the Master Tech tier, they get a toolbox magnet along with a bunch of extra content. You're actually going to be getting some uh, early access to our next episode of The Makes. I got to be honest with you, we could not have done this episode of The Makes without you guys, the members of the Grease the Wheels Nation. I've been asking a ton of questions online. I actually had to read a book for the first time since like, like fucking middle school. And because uh, I don't know anything about this make and I've driven a few of them, but not a ton of them. And thank you guys so much for all of your help there. That is hopefully going to be dropping before Christmas. We got to set up a, a time to record that me and Uncle Jimmy. I really can't wait to hear what he has to say about this make because I don't think we've ever talked about it. You know, we've known each other for like the better part of 30 years and I don't think we've ever had a conversation about this make of car. So uh, we're going to record the first time we ever talk about this make and it's going to be a lot of fun. So thank you all so much for listening. Have a good week. See you next week, folks.